It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to Iowa's Newsworthy Past. The following episode includes items published in the Indianola Herald in Indianola, Iowa on Thursday, September 22, 1910. Of interest to book lovers, this is an age of books, and every intelligent reader feels the need of keeping informed on the best among the thousands of new volumes that come from the press every year. The best way to do this is to subscribe for a Metropolitan newspaper that prints daily reviews of the most important books as fast as they appear. The Chicago Record Herald is generally conceded to be the leading literary daily west of New York. It gives more attention to books than any other Chicago paper, treating them as a legitimate theme of everyday news and covering the whole range of current literature as if it believed books were actually as interesting to its readers as, say, the pork market or the latest murder. Its literary department, under the editorship of Edwin L. Schumann, is undoubtedly the most complete and the most ably conducted in the West. Mr. Schumann's literary judgments are eagerly sought by authors themselves and are quoted all over the country, and so are these of his able corps of skilled assistants. Walter Littlefield's weekly newsletter from New York keeps the Record Herald's readers informed on all the forthcoming books of importance and a summary of all the leading magazine features at the beginning of each month is very valuable. Naturally, persons of literary taste prefer the Record Herald to all other Chicago morning papers. Some Tuberculosis News by A. E. Cupford, the state lecturer on that subject. Des Moines, September 21st. News from various parts of the state confirms the fact that much progress is being made in the fight against tuberculosis. The people are becoming so generally aroused that one has but to be a casual observer to see that practical steps are being taken by the rank and file of the people to protect themselves against this disease. It is the exception for one riding on a train to see the public drinking cup used the individual drinking cup is now generally carried by all classes. This is significant as there is no more pernicious scattering agency to be found and it is gratifying to know that the public drinking cup is fast falling into disrepute. City News J.W. Slocum will give piano coupons on all cash purchases. J.M. Calhoun spent Tuesday of this week with friends in Des Moines. A.O. Ingram of Colfax was here a few hours on Friday while en route to Mount Ire, Iowa. Mrs. Lee Hyatt spent a couple of days in Des Moines visiting her son, Charlie, last week. William Reynolds of South Dakota was here over Sunday for a visit with friends in the city. Mr. and Mrs. Wilson Kale of True returned home on Tuesday after a few days' visit here with relatives. Frank Woodmancy of Ely, Nevada, came in on Saturday for a visit at the home of his father in this city. Dan G. Peck 
spent a part of Tuesday in Des Moines on business. J.M. Prather and daughter spent Saturday in Des Moines on business. S.H. Tidball went down to Lacona Friday morning on a business trip. Miss Lenore Green went down to Lucas, Iowa this week to teach school this fall. Miss Alta Woodyard left on Monday for Colfax, where she has a position as clerk. Mr. and Mrs. W.G. Brown went to Alton on Friday for a few days' visit with friends. Professor E.L. Miller attended to some business matters in Des Moines on Saturday. Miss Florence Chi left this week for Chicago, where she will attend Northwestern University. Several hundred bushels very choice seed rye for sale. Inquire of Joe Heater at Fairgrounds. Mr. and Mrs. Wyman Whittiard left on Saturday for Orient and Greenfield for a visit with friends. Frank McQuiston enjoyed a few days layoff last week from his duties as brakeman on the Rock Island Stub. Mrs. J.W. McQuiston of Centerville left for her home last Friday after a few days' visit at the Frank McQuiston home. Mrs. Martha Burns accompanied her grandson, Philman Hughes, who attends school in Council Bluffs as far as Des Moines last week. Mrs. Jeanette Pfeiffer returned home this week from a month's visit with her daughter, Mrs. Robbery Pickin, in Montrose, Colorado. Mr. and Mrs. M.T. Graham and daughter Cecil of Peoria, Illinois, were here this week visiting with their sister, Mrs. M. Snodgrass. Mrs. Jessie Long entertained the NHNs and their gentlemen friends at a reception on Thursday in honor of Mr. and Mrs. Wyman Woodyard. The Women's Club The Indianola Women's Club will meet in regular session in the Oratory Hall at the College Library Building next Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. The change of place of meeting is for this occasion only to allow the social committee who have this meeting in charge a suitable place for their entertainment. Mrs. Lou Cheshire Beeman, well known to all Indianola people, will present a very clever farce entitled Mrs. Oakley's Telephone. The parts are taken by members of the club, Mrs. Beeman herself in the leading role. An admittance fee of 10 cents will be charged all, club members as well as others. County School Notes. Superintendent McGee says rural schools as good as city schools. Most of those who are howling about the inefficiency of the rural schools are people who have not been in one during the past 10 years. A rural school that is equipped with the necessary apparatus and has a good teacher can do as good work as any graded school, and nowhere else is the pupil's individuality brought out to better advantage. Only a very few of the rural schools, however, are equipped with even maps and a globe, not more than 1 in 20, and yet for about 15 or 20 dollars both can be had. Why should our country boys and girls be denied equal advantages with those of the towns when a little extra money that would not be felt by the heaviest taxpayer and a judicious choice of teachers would place them on an equal footing. Patrons get after your boards and get them busy. They expect you to roast them about something and will be disappointed if you don't. All the schools are now filled as far as reported, 
some teachers went over to the neighboring counties, Marion and Lucas, where a shortage existed and are helping them out, also getting the experience that will secure them schools in their home county. It is about time to begin talking over some of those proposed school laws that were submitted to us by the state superintendent last winter. They are liable to bring them up in this next season of the legislature. No barbed wire shall be brought within 10 feet of a school site, either for fencing the grounds or attaching fences to the school fence. The Oak Grove District concluded to repair the old schoolhouse and have school again this year. Arrangements are not yet completed for furnishing the material for the correlative school work. We would rather go slow and get the best we can for our money. W.M. McGee About those hunters' licenses. There seems to be some misunderstanding about the hunters' license local in last week's paper. Section 1291 of the code provides for a fee where not otherwise specified. Licenses are $1, and there will be no extra fee before October 1st. If you get your license this month, you will avoid the payment of a fee if one should be attached later. All licenses expire July 1st, following date of issue. So if you want one at all, you may as well get it now. A carload of apples. A carload of apples, consisting of bell flowers, Jonathan's, Dominie's, and other kinds, all-choice hand-picked apples on the Burlington tracks at Indianola. These apples will be sold at once. Price, $1 to $1.25 per bushel. Look for car NYDL14263. Lost, a smooth gold bracelet with row of small sets on the fairgrounds Thursday of last week at or near amphitheater. Please return to this office. 